We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. That's the sounds of Hall of Famer Eric Nadell just describing the victory of your Texas Rangers putting themselves into the ALCS for the first time since 2011. Right here on 105 Through the Fan. I'm Reginald out of Tulane. This is the Get Right with Reg and KG on 105 Through the Fan. KG, Kevin Gray Jr. will be joining me shortly as he just finished up Cowboys Crosstalk, which you heard earlier on 105 Through the Fan. But shout out to you, all the Rangers fans on the sound of my voices. Shout out to baseball fans everywhere. Um, you get to see more Texas Rangers. You get to hear more Texas Rangers right here on 105 Through the Fan as they just continued and, uh, you know, continued on to 5-0 and in postseason play and continue to display a level, a capability of baseball acumen that I imagine has made damn near everybody. And I can, to not speak for everybody, I can only speak for myself, that has definitely made me believe this is a team that can absolutely win the World Series. I mean, to that point, they are being installed as a World Series favorite at this point. Like, your Texas Rangers, your little Texas Rangers that over the course of this season had so many speed bumps. And this that that's the the framework that I look at it through. Um, I know that there's a lot of other people that look at it through different frameworks, and I would like to give you the audio of one of those gentlemen here shortly. In fact, you know what? Let's go ahead and do that. Because, look, man, this has been an incredibly emotional um, run thus far, and especially, like, that moment. I saw a lot of, a lot of friends, a lot of family, a lot of folks in this DFW Metroplex that sat with that moment in such a big way of the Rangers punching their ticket to the American League Championship Series. And maybe indicative of that was Rick and Burleson, who called in to the KNC Masterpiece earlier today. Take a listen, and I'm sure you've heard it before. You've heard it if you listen and if you're a Tolo right here on 105 through the fan. But I want to play it again because the emotion jumps out of the phone of Rick as he details his fandom and how it's brought him to this point. All right, let's go to Rick in Burleson. You're on DFW Sports Station, home of the Rangers. What do you got, Rick? Good afternoon, gentlemen. So I'm 65. 65. The very first job I ever had was with the Texas Rangers at Arlington Stadium taking tickets. I saw Frank Howard hit his home run. I saw I was there for David Clyde when he came in. I watched Nolan Ryan throw a no-hitter. I was there for Kenny Rogers when he threw his perfect game. I was there watching Pudge and Sierra, watching them go, you know, thinking that we had the team to be able to take out the Yankees, but couldn't. I was there with season tickets in 2010 and 2011. 
I had a heart attack watching Nelson Cruz in right field. Oh, my gosh. I <laughs> but, get it. But last night, last night was more than anything I could ask for. I've been a Ranger fan my entire life, and that was so special. And thank you, guys. And, Mike, all I can tell you is, man, you have made – you have made this season so much fun being a Ranger fan, being able – Evan Carter, I've been an Evan Carter fan ever since I, the very first part of this year. And then you talking about him, and I just fell in love with the guy. And you have just made this year so special, and the Rangers have too. So thanks for taking my call, guys. Dude, Rick, hey. Way to go, Rick. Way I, to make me, make yeah. me cry. That's <laughs> amazing. Cause he's, been, he's been through it all. Yeah. Like that son of a gun saw some young Mike Bassick in 1975 from Bishop Dunn, the first ever local product in Rangers history to make it. I think Hargrove was the first ever Texan. So, man, like that was an amazing call. And now I have to pick up my glasses here <laughs> and wipe out a few tears. Yeah, man, I imagine there's a lot of people listening right now that have a little bit of a uh, tear in their eye. I mean – if you're a Ranger fan or not, that how can that not bring it to you? That's what we're in sports for, is for those level of emotions. And Rick is right. Rick is spot on. Shout out to Rick again. This team feels special. Like, think about what he was saying. He's He's been a Rangers fan for his entire life. He's seen the Rangers go to the World Series and go within a single out of winning the World Series. And winning an ALDS is what brought him to, his, to, to this point. And, of course, it's not just because, like, obviously, like, there's not really a, a pennant to be to be hung. There's not hardware for an ALDS. But I, if I can kind of get into Rick's head, I think what he's pointing to is just how special this team feels and how much it seems like this can be the team to ultimately bring that hardware to Arlington and the DFW area. And like I think time and time again, that's the thing that I find fascinating. It's th- that nature of how this team is special and they're also special in a way that I guess if you're not a lifelong Ranger fan or if you haven't lived the 65 years that Rick has, you can also find a little, a little bit of um, a little bit of sentimentality with the two. Because for me, the framework was I've been following this team intently this year. And I mean, not entirely different than other years, but obviously this year you have the results that you do. I, first of all, the obvious ain't nobody see this as a result and obviously this isn't the full result they still got games to play but I don't think anybody saw this as the place that they would be realistically in you know in training camp or I guess in spring training I guess I should say and then through the course of the season you saw that okay this this team can be special you know you spend a lot of money the offense in particular and you looked at that bullpen you're like Oof, I don't know that you can win a World Series with that kind of... I don't know that you can make a run with that kind of bullpen. All right, cool. You went to the trade deadline. You made some moves. And I know me personally, of course, only speak for myself. I looked at this bullpen and I looked at the moves that they made and I was like, not enough. I've detailed a few times on this program how Chris Young talked to the G-Bag Nation after the trade deadline when asked about if he felt like he had done enough, immediately began talking about how they added to the starting rotation. I was like, Adding to the starting rotation to help your bullpen, that feels like you didn't do enough. Well, who's who's laughing now? It's got to be Chris Young, as you have the likes of Jordan Montgomery, who you brought in at the trade deadline. Max Scherzer, who you brought in at the trade deadline. These guys are out here. Obviously, Scherzer hasn't made his way back, but Jordan Montgomery is a huge reason why you're here. You can see the way that this team is together and the way that they have the capability of doing the thing that I think everybody was looking for. But, hey. Um, speaking of the, the the special nature of this team, 
And you tell me if I'm reading too much in this, because this is one of the things that caught me as I was ruminating on an ALDS win 7-1 over the Orioles, although the score doesn't really matter that much, right? What matters is 3-0 and the Rangers move on. What, what caught my eyes, I was on uh, Twitter and a friend of the show, Levi Weaver, who was uh, in the building, even though he, he he no longer covers the team individually as a beat reporter, he writes uh, the wind-up newsletter for The Athletic. He covered this game in, in, in person and obviously was in the um, he was in the clubhouse for the celebration. And I want to play you a little bit of audio. My man Rodrigo is on the boards. I appreciate him for hanging with me. Cut 24 here. This is the sound of Max Scherzer and Austin Hedges celebrating after the after the ALDS went over the Orioles. That's the genuine joy of two dudes that weren't even on this team to start the season. Right? Like, that was the thing that hit me. It's like, yo, these dudes have gotten in here. And, of course, look, man, winning anything is fun. And you're going to go ahead and celebrate anytime you get a chance. But I might be reading too much. Y'all can tell me. 877-881-1053. That's the truckwreck.com text line. But, man, I look at this team and I go, oh, yeah. They're all in. They've got a feel. I mean, heck, this is a team that decided to unite around a band from the 90s that I don't want to speak on if everybody loved them, but it doesn't feel like everybody loved them. In fact, to this point, I know that everybody don't necessarily love them now. But hey, man, they got together and they found a way to unify in the midst of like kind of some people would say fumbling, right? Like this is a team that had the that had first place in the ALS for a long time and ultimately they, they kind of danced around, fought their way back, and had an opportunity to control their destiny, and they couldn't quite get it done on the road to Seattle to be able to win the AL West. And all this time, this team is coalescing and unifying and coming together. And I guess all these things are like kind of the sappy things that we could talk about. Really, we could talk about the fact that this team is fantastic at the plate. And every, quite literally, if you want to check my Twitter, at RegAttitude on Twitter, every game against the Orioles, within the first four innings probably, I had the good fortune of being able to tweet, oh, the Rangers are on this pitcher's ass. Because that's what they were, like, they jumped on him using, you know, great approaches, making sure to not swing at the, at the junk that's thrown at them. And when they did get an opportunity, oh, boy, they struck. As evidenced by, is this Creed going right now? Thank you. Fantastic. Uh, as evidenced by, you know, Adolis Garcia going yard, Nate Lowe going yard, right? Like, the emotion that we saw with Nate Logo Yard. Like, I think it was this team is fantastic. And I'm I'm starting to believe. Kevin Gray Jr. What's happening, my man? Sacrifice. Oh wow. Yeah, he came yeah. in with the creed. Uh uh-huh. not even just, and when I say uh-huh. starting to believe, it's not like starting to believe that this team is capable of doing something. Starting to believe that this team can win the World Series. Oh, is that where you are now? Yeah, brother. Like I'm there. Oh, um, and, of course, we're going to talk to Rangers pre- and post-game host and our insider on 105 through the fan, Jared Sandler, here in the next segment. But, brother, the way that this offense jumps on jumps on pitching, the way that they make have great at-bats, great discipline at the plate, and then also the way that their defense is showing up in times where it needs to be. Man, these Rangers look great. And, okay, here's let me ask you, KG. I'm going uh-huh. to see if you can poke holes in my belief here. Okay. 
I'm, this is not really a favorable position I'm putting you in, but I think I think because <laughs> I look because I'm the guy. What did I tell you before these playoffs start? What was I saying? I said, look, this Rangers team. You don't. This wanna, is the proverbial. This is the one that you don't want to see. This is the team you don't want to see in the playoffs. That. It's on wax. And look, man, we found out throughout their series against Tampa Bay. Yep. And now Baltimore found out those baby birds got killed off in three games, and now. Here go the Rangers. Much to John Schmoltz's chagrin. Yeah, him and Joe Davis. That's for damn sure. Um, but yeah, man, here we are. So what 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 position are you trying to put me in when it comes to uh, answering the questions about these Rangers here? What's what's the Rangers' biggest weakness for a team uh, to try and ooh. exploit in these next two series? Their biggest weakness. Um, God willing, of course. I guess I shouldn't shouldn't say two series. Let's start with one, as Bruce Bochy is like one game at a time. I would probably still say the bullpen because. As good as they have been, as good as this pitching has been, you know, the starters have been fantastic. Jordan Montgomery, Nathan Evaldi, Evaldi, gutsy performance, you know, going the seven innings that he did, you know, in game three to to seal it. For me, it's still the bullpen because as good as it's been so far, we mm-hmm. know, and Reg, you've seen, we've seen this team all season long. I mean, uh, it can fall got off out there and got a little little shaky. That's what I'm saying, man. Which Chapman you going to get? You going to get Wild Thing, you know, Chapman, or you going to get the, you know, the 100-mile-an-hour you know, swing and miss, you know, Roldis Chapman. Like, Well, he, here, here's my thing. This, mm-hmm. is, this is the thing that's given me some solace. Max Scherzer seems to he, he seems like he's going to be back mm-hmm. in the ALCS. John Gray seems like he's going to be back in the ALCS. Uh, jo- Jordan Montgomery has been nails. Sure. Nathan Navaldi has been double nails. Yep. Right? So two starters you feel really good about. Max Scherzer coming back off of injury. You never know exactly what you're going to get, but mm-hmm. that's a dude who's a veteran who's been injured before, and that's a weird thing to say, but he knows how to come back from an injury. And so you have that. You, If John Gray could come back and pitch. Those are your four starters, and understanding John Gray and Max Scherzer would be coming back and probably do not have, like, the stretch, right? Like, they don't have – the opportunity probably to give you a quality start. Like, that would be way far out of the uh, the realm of reasonable and probability. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember how you were going to have to, like, piggyback start uh, Andrew Heaney and Dane Dunning? Yeah. Those guys could be, you know, next man up after your John Gray and Max Scherzer. And if you can get combined uh, starts with those guys, I think those guys are capable to maybe getting you to that six seven innings with those other guys if they are if they are pitching well and then you again can do what these rangers have done through five games of the postseason which is limit the exposure to your bullpen Mm -hmm. and and i assume because of the way that this rangers offense has been early that you will be able to get out early get yourself ahead and give your you know lower the leverage of the opportunities of your bullpen and if if that you know kind of if that recipe comes to bear, I think this is a World Series caliber team for sure. Now, the question will be, and we'll talk to Jared Sandler more about this coming up next segment here on the Get Right. The idea is, okay, let's say Houston hangs on tonight as they're up 3-2 to two on Minnesota as mm-hmm. the Astros are looking to close out their, their American League Division Series to meet the Rangers in the American League Championship Series. Think about the rotation you just lined out for Texas – and then think about what Houston, let's assume that they win tonight, they present in the first three games of their series, you know, assuming, of course, this is how it would go. We're talking about the likes of 
Christian Javier, Framber Valdez, and Justin Verlander. Good pitchers. Those three are nothing to play, especially Christian Javier, who loves pitching in this in the postseason when it comes to the Astros. Do you, how good do you feel about your offense against those three, combating them with your rotation with the likes of Jordan Montgomery, Nathan Evaldi, and the gentleman that you mentioned, and how they match up in a seven-game series against not just those three for the Astros, you know, pitching-wise, but also that offense that the Houston Astros present. That, to me, is what's going to be fun, again, assuming that Houston hangs on and wins tonight and wins this series, what that will look like, and then how that plays itself out throughout the course of a seven-game American League Championship Series. That, to me, is going to be a lot of fun. But right now, this team feels, and I'm, I don't use this word lightly, Uh-oh. and I'm going to take a page out of you, this team feels like a team of destiny right now. That's mm. what it feels like. Because how do you explain, real quick, losing the final game of the regular season when you had a chance to win the division and then you be the one that hosted you know, the division series and all that, but then you go on the road, you beat Tampa twice. Then you beat Baltimore twice in their ballpark, and then you come in and you throttle them in game three, and you sweep them clean out of the building. Your first chance at hosting a it, postseason game in your build, in this and building. And you throttle mm-hmm. Baltimore on the way out the door. Uh, Bruce Bochy has his team playing its best baseball at the right time. <laughs> I did not mention Bruce Bochy once in the course of that whole segment. And that's kind of crazy just because he is the man at the center of all this. In fact, all of it. He is, in a way, the foundational piece of this. Like, yes. They, this team loves that dude. Love him. And how could you not, with the way that he's managed this team, the emotions of this team, not letting them get too high, get too low throughout the win streaks and the losing streaks. And more importantly, and Marcus Simeon talked about it you know, last night you know, during his, some of his conversations, the experience of what that manager brings in these moments in these playoffs cannot be understated, and that has played itself out so far perfectly for the Rangers to open up this postseason 5-0 and and now a date in the American League Championship Series for the first time since 2011. Uh, this, ball team, this ball club right now is rolling uh, based on what they've done so far in the postseason. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, my guy, your guy, our favorite guy, Texas Rangers insider and play-by-play man, Jared Sandler joins us next on your home of the Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. You like offense? Come to the right place. And the one-two pinch. And that ball is lifted high into the air, deep left field. Hayes is going back, back onto the track. He looks up, it is gone! Adolis Garcia will touch them all. His three-run blast has given Texas a 6 to nothing lead. Matt Hicks on the call last night as Adolis Garcia's three-run home run blew it wide open for the Texas Rangers who go on to win 
to advance to the American League Championship Series for the first time since 2011. It's the get right. We're Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. That's it. What's up? Regal Mendoza holding it down for you here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckred.com text line. 877 881 We go around the NFL in 16 minutes. But right now, though, we go to the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline where we welcome in my guy, your guy, our favorite guy, Texas Rangers insider and play-by-play man, Jared Sandler. Jared, what was the atmosphere like inside Globe Life Field for the first-ever Rangers home postseason game last night? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh you know, I, I mentioned this. Uh, there are people from other teams, fan bases, organizations, what have you, that have said, hey, you know, this year even uh, people show up to Rangers games, but they don't really cheer. You know, it's it's a quiet place. It's wine and cheese. And uh, that wasn't the case last night. It was it was very loud. It was the loudest that I have heard a Rangers, a home Rangers game, uh, probably since game five of the 2011 World Series when Mike Napoli had the go-ahead double in the eighth inning uh, and probably rivals the moment in 2010 when Neftali Feliz struck out Alex Rodriguez. I mean, there were there were some moments last night where it was about as loud as I've ever heard it, and that was really cool, and that is a salute and a tip of the cap to Rangers fans for not just showing up but making noise. And uh, You know, the, the guys on the field obviously gave them plenty to cheer about, but uh, – uh, you know the chanting and and uh, you know getting up and getting loud with two strikes. I mean that's that's how it should be, and that's how it is for teams that win. Uh, the Rangers have not won in six years leading up to this year, and so hopefully these are things that will uh, start to become the norm, not just for postseason games but for regular season games. But uh, Rangers fans kicked ass last night, and looking forward to Game Three of the ALCS and uh, having that same sort of energy in the building. Yeah, they definitely embraced the team. We'll all walk over. My sacrifice. Had to do that for your benefit. That's right. Um, but lou- louder than the stadium <laughs> in that game seems to be like the camaraderie and the chemistry of this team. I was, I was, you know, illustrating. I, thought, I think Levi caught video of. Uh, Max Scherzer and Austin Hedges dumping beer upon each other and celebrating. And I was like, these are two dudes that weren't even on this team to start the year. You've been around a few teams in your in your time covering, you know, baseball. Can, what can you speak to, like, this team? Like, how, how it's different? How special is this, in fact? So, I want to start with this, Reggie. In 2016, when the Rangers played the Blue Jays, a lot of people said, oh, the Rangers are going to beat the Blue Jays because they all can't stand each other. And the Blue Jays, from what everyone said, did not have great chemistry. Now, maybe they, you know, out in, on the field had some high fives and handshakes, and, you know, it probably looked like they got along. But I, I don't know that that team necessarily had great chemistry. And they went and they kicked the Rangers' butt and swept them. And so it doesn't guarantee anything. Uh, but I think for this team, I think you're right. I, this team does have a unique level of togetherness. And – you know, there's a reason why Austin Hedges is still in, in the league. You know, it's, yeah, he's a good defensive catcher, but he makes clubhouses better. Uh, he is, you know, as people say, a room guy. Uh, and it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference when you are going through that hellacious stretch the Rangers went through in August and early September. Bruce Bochy deserves credit, but so do the players uh, in that clubhouse in terms of not allowing this thing to, to crumble because fans crumbled 17 times over, right? Mm-hmm. And, and these guys are human. And, yes, they, 
they are built differently. They are not going to be as emotional and knee-jerky as, as fans are, but they're human. And it is not fun to blow a lead for the fifth time in the last six games. And it is not fun to lose 16 out of 20 and go from being the clear-cut front runner in the division to, oh, my gosh, we might not, we might not make the playoffs. And you need the right mix of personalities in that clubhouse. And I don't know how to quantify it, Reggie, but there's no doubt in my mind uh, that whatever they've got in that clubhouse has contributed positively to where the Rangers uh, are and, and how they have weathered some of the storms they've had to weather over the course of the season, especially the second half. Jared, you are a professional, you are a broadcaster, you are an insider, but more than anything, you are a fan of this Texas Rangers team and have been so for as long as you have detailed, of course, throughout the course of your life. Can you encapsulate what the last six years have been like from a fan standpoint and what that moment meant for Texas Rangers fans watching this team go through the highs and lows of the season to now culminate with an LCS appearance this year? Yeah, I mean, the last six years stunk, you know, just simply from a fan standpoint. I Listen, I enjoy the hell out of what I do. I, I'm so lucky with my job that even when the team loses 100 games, I still love going to work, but I'm also competitive. And the, the fan and competitor in me much prefers showing up to spring training knowing that we got 162 regular season games, 30 or so spring training games before that, and no weekends off for seven months knowing that it means something, right? Knowing that you're playing for something. And uh, the last six years, it just hasn't been the case. And, you know, I, I'm sure some fans, they have the whole, you know, everyone's zero and zero on opening day. We all have a chance, but, you know, let's be real. The Rangers haven't really had a chance uh, since 2016. Because they won the division in 2016, there was some, uh, there's some thought like, oh, yeah, no, 2017, they should be good. But if you looked at the roster and you took a step back, that wasn't a good team. They weren't going to be good. Uh, 2019, they, you know, they, they probably overachieved and kept it interesting for a little bit, but I don't know that anyone, uh, truly believe they had what it took to make a run. So this year, getting off to the great start, you know, playing meaningful baseball was so special. And guys, I also think of it through the lens of a kid. Uh, there is a 10 year old kid out there who is a big Rangers fan who doesn't remember the last time the Rangers were in the playoffs because he was three or four years old. There's a, a 14-year-old kid that doesn't remember the last time the Rangers won a playoff series. There's probably an 18-year-old. There's probably a senior in high school who doesn't have memory of the last time the Rangers won a playoff series. And I just think, like, think about when you were a kid and you were a sports fan. Not that you can't be a sports fan and be passionate as an adult, but I just think about all the young Rangers fans, and I think it's so important that this sport continues to trend in a direction of growing the younger fan bases. And I'm so happy for those kids, whoever they are. You know, I, I'm not singling out anyone specifically. I'm just speaking generally about, you know, the kids, the Rangers fans for whom this experience is the first they really remember. And um, I know we all want to win a World Series, and only one team gets to do it. Uh, and everyone can fan how they want to fan, but I would recommend at least considering not fanning in a binary way where if you don't win a World Series, everything else is miserable. You can be upset if the Rangers come up short. You can be competitive and have that fire, but I hope people are enjoying all of the different moments that are a part of this journey along the way because after six years without them, I think uh, you know you appreciate the fact that they're not guaranteed. And, and these moments, I think for myself, certainly, and hopefully for the fan base have been a lot of fun. We're talking to pre and post game uh, broadcast host 
right here on 105 through the fan, Jared Sandler. Jared, uh, I really, the mushy stuff we've talked a lot about and I really want to keep talking about because that's kind of what everybody is in sports for. However, like, I, I can't get work left to do. Yeah, I can't get away from the idea that there's work left to do and how you go about doing that. We saw Aroldis Chapman, and I don't mean to like pick on him, but we saw it get a little shaky for him late in that game. And that reminded me of, you know, some of the downsides of this team and the ways that they've been able to kind of limit that exposure of, you know, the bullpen to, you know, being maybe hit. How do they continue to do that as these series, you know, continue to stretch going into the ALCS? Yeah, you know, I don't think that they can just set Aroldis Chapman aside and not use him. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I I don't know that they are going to use him in consecutive days. I mean, they haven't really been pressed with that decision yet. Uh, and so, you know, if they play, uh, whether it's games one and two or, you know, any uh, games three, and four or four and five or three, four and five or six and seven in the upcoming series where in consecutive days you need him. I'm curious. will you know, if they'll use him, I don't think they're going to not use him with when he does have rest. Now they might have a shorter leash, uh, but it's just tough to go away from a guy that throws a hundred miles an hour uh, plus when you have the bullpen, the Rangers have, if they had a lights out bullpen, then maybe you can shift things around a little bit. And their bullpen has been outstanding this postseason. Their ERA is barely above two. Uh, and Aroldis Chapman, by the way, is a part of that, right? Mm-hmm. He, you know, he, he, the two close wins the Rangers have had, game one in Tampa and game uh, one against Baltimore, he played a role in that in a positive way. Uh, so they need him. If they decided that they did want to go in a different direction, the best option for my money would be Andrew Heaney. But, you know, that seems like, they also want to keep Andrew Heaney available as a multi-inning guy. Now that can change with the potential return of Max Scherzer and John Gray. Uh, you know, now maybe does that free you up to use Andrew Heaney as a high leverage one inning guy? I think they got some decisions to make, but I don't think that decision is going to be whether or not to use a role as Chapman. I think it's what sort of a leash and what matchups make sense. And will we use him in back-to-back days if the situation presents itself? Astros lead the Twins 3-2 to two with one out in the top of the ninth as the Twins are trying to come back in that game. I'm going to keep it real simple for you, Jared. How badly you want to beat the Astros in the <laughs> ALCS if they get there? So badly. I, I will say this, though, KG. I, I want to win the American League pennant, and there's uh, no apologies need to be issued if that uh, does or does not include the Astros as a part of that trek. Uh, but it would be – Amaze balls of this team uh, <laughs> got to play the Astros and beat them. And I can tell you this, you know, I, I asked the question on Twitter earlier, you know, who would you rather play? And I think, you know, for some fans, the idea is you want to play the the weaker opponent, right? Because that's path of least resistance. Totally get that. And again, I don't think that's like a defeatist attitude because no one, if there's a champion, like the, the Dallas Mavericks championship in 2011 uh, included uh, the Thunder and the Lakers and then the Heatles, but they don't get any extra credit for that championship compared to a team that had a much lesser uh, run, right, in terms of opponents. So if that's your stance, that's fine. And I also, by the way, would tell you that I don't know that it's a guarantee that the Twins uh, are the lesser matchup for the Rangers. I think analytically, 
the Astros present a more favorable matchup, but now you, you go outside of the analytics and the Astros have had the Rangers number. Uh, and then there's some people who are like, no, we want to face the best or we want to, we want to slay the dragon and, and the Astros have earned that. Uh, so I, I understand both sides. I will tell you this. I, the players obviously aren't going to waste energy because they don't get to pick the opponent. But I will tell you that they are not scared of playing Houston. And I would tell you that some of them probably would love and relish the opportunity to play Houston. And maybe mm-hmm. it's one of those things, be careful what you wish for at the end. But uh, I, these guys are not intimidated by the Astros. And the way the Astros took the division, some of the things that were said at the end of the year, I think these guys, you know, they've, they've got that in the back of their mind. And uh, it would be a heck of a chapter to this rivalry if these two teams got to face off in the LCS. Jared, I'm going to break the clock for your benefit because how special was it for you <laughs> and how special do you believe it was for him, for your, your podcast partner, Nathaniel Lowe, mm. to have that home run, um, cons- all things considered? Yeah, I, and, and, and for people who maybe don't know what you mean by the all things considered, I, the, the baseball side of it is, you know, he's he's had a rough go just in the box the last – four to six weeks but uh, more than that on the life side you know his mom was diagnosed with brain cancer and uh, his brother josh who plays for the Rays, took a few days away from the team when that happened nathaniel did it you know and it's not a knock on josh i think nathaniel you know really values his responsibility as a leader in the clubhouse and when nathaniel learned that it was in fact brain cancer it was during the struggles uh you know, in, in August and September, and he didn't feel like it was the right time to step away. And maybe, you know, maybe he'd do it differently if he could go back again and take some time just to step away. But whatever the case, uh, this has been a really rough stretch for him. And, you know, whether it's Dean Kramer pitching last night with everything going on in Israel or Nathaniel Lowe playing every single day while his, his mom is fighting for her life, uh, it, it's a reminder that there's so much more that goes on than just this game and I think that home run meant so much to Nathaniel because he so badly wants to contribute to this team and he by the way the last couple games has he has been a big time offensive contributor Uh, and I think that home run meant a lot to him uh, for his mom who's watching at home and it just it felt like a weight was lifted off his back you could almost see it in his face and in his reaction and I'm so happy for him and hopefully it is a weight lifted off his back because when that guy's bat is going, that is now another dimension to this lineup that makes mm-hmm. it very difficult to navigate. Uh, and hopefully that's going to be the case when the Rangers get back in action on Sunday. It was an incredible scene last night at Globe Life Field as the Texas Rangers reached the American League Championship Series for the first time since 2011 in dominating fashion over the Baltimore Orioles in a clean sweep in the division series. We are three outs away from seeing a dream matchup in the American League Championship Series between the Rangers and the Astros. My guy, your guy, our favorite guy, Texas Rangers insider and play-by-play man, diehard Rangers fan at heart, Jared Sandler, going to have to join us here on the Get Right. Jared, thank you so much for the time and perspective, and enjoy the uh, the few days off, my friend. Sounds good, fellas. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Go Rangers. Appreciate you, Bubba. There he goes. Jared Sandler going to join us here on the get right. As I mentioned, Astros three outs away from clinching Reg. What would be their seventh consecutive American League Championship Series appearance. This time, though, they would face the men of the Texas Rangers. We'll keep you up to date on what's happening in Minnesota as far as that division series is concerned.
Coming up next, though, here on the Get Right, we go around the National Football League where Josh Allen is tired of talking about this. This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. Texas, it's Classic Truck Month at Classic Chevrolet. Like you, grit runs deep. They're determined to get you the toughest trucks with the biggest savings. Over 300 new Silverados on the ground. Unprecedented one-time offers. Claim yours before it's gone. This is Texas. This is Classic Chevrolet. Buy new roads. About to go around the National Football League here on the Get Right. We're Reggie KG here on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yes, sir. Regal Mendoza holding it down for here. Shout out to Chris hanging out and learning as well here on your home with the Cowboys and Texas Rangers. 105 through the fan at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg Atatula if you want to get at us on Twitter. Coming up at the top of the hour, how did the Cowboys pick up the pieces after their destruction at the hands of of the San Francisco 49ers as they get ready to take on Kellen Moore in the Los Angeles Chargers. Who? Uh, that's right, Kellen Moore in the Los Angeles Chargers huh. on Monday night football. We'll deal with that at the top of the hour here on the Get Right. Appreciate Jared, Jared Sandler for joining us. Who? <laughs> Last segment via the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline. If you miss anything during our three hours tonight, uh, make sure you hit the rewind button on the Odyssey app or go to 105throughthefan.com and hit the Get Right podcast page where you can listen to any episode anytime on demand. Your boy is hanging out live at the Star in Frisco. That's right. Uh, shout out to Cowboys Crosstalk on this Wednesday with uh, myself, Nate Newton, of course, Brian Broadus of the G-Bag Nation, and our Cowboys legend was uh, Timmy Newsom. Uh, hanging out with us as yeah, well. Yeah, y'all, y'all had a good time, um, but I, I hate to break up what we're doing here. I've got a little bit of breaking news. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Going to be all Texas affair in the American League Championship <laughs> Series as the uh, Houston Astros finish it out against the Minnesota Twins 3-2. to Oh, boy. So your Texas Rangers will be heading down. I-45. Oh, my goodness. I just got chills. It's gonna be oh, nasty. man. I mean, it's going to be fun, but it's also going to be nasty. The These these two fan bases. Oh, man. The trash talk this week heading into the American League Championship Series. Now that it's official. And, of course, breaking news on 105 through the fans presented by BetQL. Smarter bet start with BetQL. Uh, download the BetQL app. Um, and what's the rest of it? I thought I could remember off the top of my head. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Oh, I almost had it. Okay. You, oh, you did fantastic. Look, I think they would have counted that, right? Oh, I yeah. I think this, you would have gotten full credit. <laughs> BetQL is like, you did You did great. People know um, what we're doing. Uh, before we go around the NFL, I mean, let's touch on it real quick. Now that it's official, uh, Rangers-Astros in the American League Championship Series and, of course, their most recent meeting was the historic beatdown that the Astros put on the Rangers at Globe Life Field during that three-game sweep. Yeah, I was like, are you going to talk about all of them or just one of them? Uh, no, it was, it, all of them were bad. It was like 39 <laughs> runs or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, we'll have plenty of time to dive into the numbers from that series. Um, but one thing that we'll detail, you know, not only tomorrow but Friday as well as we get ready for that series is this is why, again, I know they're in the championship series now and all is doing? good in the hood. Are you are you putting cold water on this? No, no, no. I'm saying this is why though that final game of the regular season was so important. Because now look what situation you're in. 
instead of you hosting games one and two in your ballpark, you got to go down I-45 to take on Houston and Minute Maid versus having your home crowd welcome you for games one and two. And now, of course, you will have games uh, with it being a 2-3-2 format. You will have games three, four, and five uh, at Globe Life Field with game six and seven back at Minute Maid. Look, Rangers fans are ready. They got, look, and I'm not saying they're not. They I'm not saying they're the not. I'm just saying on the tech, a truckreg.com text line from the two one four said they got their tickets to Game Three. Okay, look, man, Rangers fans ain't scared, and nor should they be. No, should they be now? That pitching, all right, <laughs> against that line. Looking forward to again. We'll have plenty more on that throughout the course of the rest of the show and throughout the rest of the week. But um, yeah, it's official. Rangers Astros. That's true. Two one four. They have been bad at home. They were so bad at home. The Astros. They were. They were. Although, I mean, the postseason feels like just like a different thing entirely. But and hey, clearly the Rangers have been comfortable on the road this postseason. Very. <laughs> very. They've been very comfortable on the road this year. But, uh, yeah, it's official. Rangers, Astros for the American League pennant. Woo! Cannot wait. Uh, Riga, let's go around the National Football League here quickly. on your home of the Cowboys. Very quickly. Yes, very quickly here <laughs> on your home of the Cowboys. Uh, as we do, we start in Buffalo. Where apparently your man Josh Allen My is. My man, uh, okay. Yeah, that's your guy. Uh, apparently he's tired of talking about Stefan Diggs' sideline behavior. Uh, quote, I'm tired of hearing all this nonsense from people regarding Stefan uh, Diggs' emotions. Did you see the clip after you know, the receiver threw a tablet? On the sideline this past weekend, and of course, it went viral. I'm trying to remember which tablet throw because I'm trying to. I do remember the day ball tablet throw. Do I remember the Stefan Diggs tablet throw? I get the point though. I well, this happened with 5:40 remaining in the third quarter of their game against Jacksonville, where Diggs was sitting on the bench and slammed the tablet before throwing it on the ground uh, as he stood up. Now, Allen saying, "Quote: He's a competitor. He's a fiery competitor. I'm tired of hearing all this nonsense from people." There's a lot of guys in the league that have that same fire that don't get talked about. He's a lot of our juice on the sideline, making sure the offense is staying up and is and as energized as possible. And we feed off that. End quote. You know, you know what I heard? That's my teammate. Yeah, that's my teammate, man. That's my wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> that's my quarterback. <laughs> like, no, nah, but this I mean, this is what you want, right? Like what what other response would you prefer from this dude? Like this is the yeah. one. This is the one. That's my guy. I don't I don't like the way y'all talking about him. Moving along. And you along. know who we loved doing that around here and around these parts? We love when Dez did that. Yeah. Dez stayed, you know, with a fire and a competitiveness that, you know, for some people may have been over the top, but for others, look, man. That's the kind of emotion you want from a competitor in that way. And here's and, the thing about that. Are they winning? I mean, for the most part, yeah. They didn't win on Sunday, but, you know. Winning for the most part would be a panacea. And so, <laughs> now, you can start worrying if it, if it starts trending a bad way. But right. For the time being, ride the way, baby! Yeah, it's cool until you start losing. Then it's like, it's annoying. But right now, I'm okay with it. Uh, speaking of receivers, Travis Kelsey, the all-pro tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he's questionable going into tomorrow night's game as the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Denver Broncos on Thursday night football. Uh, the star tight end, of course, is dealing with a knee injury uh, and was limited in practice today, uh, excuse me, yesterday, in their only practice of the week. So he's trying to get himself ready to play 
Um, but at the same time, stupid turf. He's dealing with an ankle injury. You saw the uh, the injury they had against uh, the Minnesota Vikings, where he stepped wrong. He was his right foot. Yeah, the high ankle sprain. Yeah, right? yeah. No, that's uh, people were talking about. It was the was the split grass turf, but. I think Jason Kelsey on their... Excuse me, the ankle. I said an ankle. I said, I said a knee. I meant the ankle. I'm sorry. No, you faced it. You good. Yeah. Um, but I think Jason Kelsey would hit the nail on the head when they were talking on their, what is it, the higher... New Heights podcast. New Heights. There we go. I can't mm-hmm. remember what exactly the name of the mm-hmm. podcast. My apologies to the Kelseys. <laughs> um, but he was talking about how people have been very specific about this, this the particular type of turf. And he's like, I think we should just talk about it as the turf in general. Because what owners will do is then say, well, okay, we won't use that particular type of turf and move the goalposts to a different type of turf. When in all reality, what we're seeing is uh, these turfs do not act particularly different. Like, they don't have a certain level of give. They'll give for a little bit, and then they'll catch eventually. And that's where you end up, you know, spreading the ankle and things like that, where grass would typically give. And so these are things that are going to happen when I think you have a league that values profits over the general um, health of their players because ultimately everybody is relatively replaceable in their estimation. Yeah, the question is how do you bring that fight if you're the NFL Players Association when it comes to, you know, grass and, you know, the the turf that they play on in a lot of these stadiums and how you come to some kind of compromise uh, for all 32 teams in the league when it comes to playing surface. Because I, I don't know – how they go about attacking that fight uh, and trying to create some some equity uh, when it comes to discussing that particular topic. But, yes, the ankle injury has Travis Kelsey questionable for tomorrow night's game between the Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. Unfortunately, bad news for the Miami Dolphins. They had to place their star rookie running back, uh, Devon Achan, on injured reserve. Uh, he will miss the next four games at minimum uh, of course, he injured his knee late in Sunday's win over the New York football giants. Black Mike saying on Wednesday, right. um, he was able to play a few snaps after suffering the injury. Um, but Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, if you don't know who I'm talking about, uh, had you know declined whether or not to say if he would need surgery on that knee. So bad news for uh, their rushing attack in Miami. Uh, after they got a nice win over the Giants on Sunday. Yeah, that, that's really sad to hear for that particular dude who was having a fantastic go of it to start. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, this is kind of why it, it seems like uh, that team loves hoarding running backs. Although I look at their depth chart, Raheem Moster obviously still there. Sure. Uh, Salvon Ahmed. Chris Brooks, uh, I don't recall him, honestly, not going to lie. Um, but I also trust his team schematically to be able to get dudes into space. And so I'm not sure that they're going to have a huge problem losing, although he's been a fantastic running back. And this is this is where we get into the conversation about running back and the idea of being able to find relative uh, replacements. You, you're going to want the best guy. Are you going to be able to traverse the time without the best guy? I, I have a feeling that they will be able to make it while um, that man is unavailable to them. Well, if nothing else, whoever they replace him with is going to be fast. <laughs> if nothing else, he will be fast. Uh, that's your trip around the National Football League, which is a fast one as well. Uh, as the Rangers and Astros American League Championship Series is now official. Collision course. With the Rangers reaching the ALCS for the first time since 2011 and the Astros making their seventh consecutive 
appearance in the American League Championship Series. Get your popcorn ready, Terrell Owens. Okay. That's the second one. <laughs> Coming up next. How many Terrell Owens references did you expect on this program? Two more than probably what you would have thought of mm-hmm, at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did the Cowboys, speaking of Terrell Owens, how did the Cowboys pick themselves up after the destruction that was at the hands of the San Francisco 49ers? We detail that next on the Get Right. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 